When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there, Duke fans, episode 568 of the DBR podcast, the Duke Basketball Roundup coming at you. I'm Jason Evans. I'm joined by Donald Wine. It is, Donald, it is literally like, you know, maybe a half hour, not even, after the game ended. We are hopping on very quickly after this contest with Hofstra to to recap it. This is not, by the way, folks, this is not going to be a full recap because, Donald, tell folks where you are now and tell them where you will be tomorrow well i just got back to my apartment um it was my godson's fifth birthday today happy birthday ethan um he got to watch the first half of the game before bedtime so this was a good day uh the two levels gave him a nice little victory although the, um, the second half was more enjoyable <laughs> the second half was more enjoyable um i don't know if it's a there's a correlation with that of him going to bed and, and us doing well but uh i will say that it was just th- that duke needed to take care of business and they did uh but tomorrow jason i think we're going to record a podcast together because yes. i'm going to be in atlanta uh, i'm going down to atlanta for a u.s soccer event and i said jason uh we, sh- we should record tonight and we should also record tomorrow in person so i'll see you tomorrow yeah exactly so the idea is the reason i brought this up at this moment is tomorrow we're going to hop on we'll have more on this game because i'm sure there'll be more thoughts that'll digest and things like that this may almost even end up being like a bites sized episode of the dbr we'll sort of see how it all pans out but tomorrow we'll have more on this game we'll chat more just donald and i hanging out together we'll be sharing one microphone it'll be very interesting you're gonna hear you're gonna hear a lot of like 
you know, drifting off because one of us is going to leave the mic and the other is going to step to the mic. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get right to the game, Donald. And we were going to start with the headlines, but I want to mention something about this game first, which is that in the preview, I had been, you know, I'd been very nervous. Hofstra is a good team. And I really thought that Duke was going to, to be in a close game against them. I didn't think, you know, like at halftime, this is a five point game. It was 44 to 39. And I didn't think that Duke was going to pull away the way they did in the second half. So I thought it was a tremendously impressive performance from the Blue Devils. That said, I'm going to get to the headlines. We're going to have more headlines tomorrow, but I'll get to a couple that came in really quick that I did really like. Mark Esselstein sent us this one. He said, point forward flip takes Duke on a ride to defeat the pride. A little bit of rhyming in there. Some other words just work nicely together. Point forward flip was the story of this game. No question about it. And then Ken Swanner had this one. Duke takes pride in its D. Donald, this this Hofstra team is a club that averages better than 80 points per game. They only scored 68 against Duke. Duke Sports Information tells me after every single game that no one, (laughs) no one on the season yet has scored more points than they average. When they play Duke, we hold everyone under their average scoring output. We definitely held Hofstra well under its average scoring output. Do you have a headline or where do you want to start our conversation here? I want to start. I don't know if this is a headline, but it kind of is because this was riding on the back of a near flipple double, right? Near flipple double. Kyle Filipowski, we got to start with him. 28 (laughs) points. Wait, hold on. I hadn't thought you were a genius, my friend. I had not thought of the flipple double. That's awesome. It, 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 I wish it was a flipple double, but it's a near flipple double. Um, it's funny. It was also <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit in the bad about how it was almost a quadruple double. Um, but uh, and it didn't feel like that. But I, I, you got to start with Cal Filipowski. Twenty eight points, twelve rebounds, uh, eight assists, one one steal, three blocks, was all over the place. And here's the thing, Jason. Last couple games, he hasn't. He's been struggling a lot lately offensively he's been doing you know his doing his fair share uh when it comes to you know on the boards and on defense but it felt like he was way more calm about being on the floor both on offense especially in offense but on defense as well he didn't feel like he it felt more of the unflappable Kyle Filipowski that we saw so many times last year where you know like you if it wasn't such an outburst from beyond the three-point arc for him and just like how he played, you would have said, oh, you know, he had a ho-hum game because he was even keeled. Even when there was a couple things that didn't go his way, he didn't get out of character. He didn't get out of rhythm. He just stayed stuck to his plan. And his plan was, first off, getting to the rack and getting buckets. Second off, he had a couple in ones. He made his free throws. We were very good from the free throw line. But also from beyond the arc, he took his shots and he made them. Like, did he was he perfect on the night? No. But he was... Four, what four for seven from three yeah and that's a and by that's, the way that's a lot of threes for him to be taking in the game it's a lot of threes but it felt like he was he felt like he was searching for his shot within the flow of the offense and being aggressive about getting his buckets and i think that is the old flip that we want every single game that's what showed up tonight and again he's he filled the stats up with everything else but on the offensive end flip was back so, Donald, one of the things that we were going to do tomorrow is you and I were going to talk about sort of, you know, hey, maybe one big concept, one big thing that you've noticed on the season so far that that you think is, you know, worth noting now that we're, you know, almost 10 games into it, that we're a month and a half or so into it. 
And my big thing, I told you already, was going to be that I felt like our sophomores hadn't advanced their games much from being freshmen. I'm going to talk more about it tomorrow because I still think it is something worth discussing. But what we saw tonight was a different Kyle Filipowski than we've ever seen before. I don't know how Hofstra could have prepared for this version of the Duke Blue Devils because the way they passed the ball was completely different from what they've done all season long. Um, The way they were running the offense through Kyle Filipowski, the way Flip was looking to pass the ball is something different, not just from this season, but from his entire career. We've never seen this Kyle Filipowski before. And he was making some dimes too. It wasn't like, you know, oh, fundamental finding sweet. the person. It was some dimes in, in, in those assists. They were incredibly sweet passes. And I mean, when people talked about Kyle Filipowski elevating his stock to be a lottery pick, when people talked about Kyle Filipowski elevating his game to be an All-American, perhaps in the running for National Player of the Year, 28, 12, and 8 with three blocks, that's the Kyle Filipowski they were talking about. And I want to be clear, we're not going to get this Kyle every game. But boy, if we get this Kyle or something close to it occasionally, it it elevates this Duke team in a huge way. I was I'm glad you mentioned that last part because I was going to say that Kyle Filipowski playing as well as he did tonight lifted everybody. I mean, when you look at some of the, the stat lines that people have, even again, he he paced ourselves in points, he paced ourselves in rebounds, he paced ourselves our, our team in three-pointers right he had made the most three-pointers but it permeated down even again he made you know we talked about jerry mccain is the guy that usually makes the first three of the game for us it was kyle filipowski this time but then jerry mccain came down and made a few of his own jeremy roach made a few of his own there was one play where it felt like everybody on the on the floor touched the ball and it ended up in the hands of jeremy roach for a wide open three-pointer and as soon as he shot it like everyone in the gym it was one of those shots where everyone in the gym including the announcers the announcers, I think, were like, hey, you know, we're talking about Jeremy Roach. Actually, you know what? Let's wait until after he makes the three-pointer as he's shooting it and it goes in because it was such a beautiful team play. That was all permeated by the fact that Kyle Filipowski was involved in the offense. He was being aggressive, but also working within the flow of the offense and getting other players involved. I, I think it was whatever transpired between Saturday and building into today. I think was brilliant because the way that they came out as a team and played it, it like they played some really quality team ball tonight. Yo, I'm going to steal your favorite stat. 22 assists on 33 made baskets for a mm-hmm. 67%, 66.6, whatever you want to call it. They assisted on two thirds of their baskets, Donald. That's at a crazy, crazy number. And with Tyrese Proctor out, It fell to Flip and Jeremy Roach. Roach had eight assists on this game. Those are just huge assist numbers to get from two guys who are not your point guard, who are guys who typically are looking to score for themselves. And in this game, Kyle Filipowski and Jeremy Roach were looking to facilitate other people. Oh, by the way, at the same time, they combined to get 47, 37, 37, 47, no, 47, 47 points between the two of them, 28 from Kyle, 19 from Jeremy Roach. That's just a for your two stars to put up that kind of point total and also have 16 assists. Come on, man. That's crazy stuff. And the other thing about Jeremy Roach, I want to mention, because we're in the good right now um, in the second half, especially I noticed this partially in the first half, but also a lot in the second half. Uh, we talked about the absolute stud guard 
that Hofstra had in, in Tyler Thomas. And I fully expected Caleb Foster to mostly get the assignment on him, but it turned out it was Jeremy Roach. I saw Jeremy Roach matched up on him again and again, and I saw Jeremy Roach working his tail off on defense against Tyler Thomas. Now, Tyler Thomas still got his. He got 18 points, but he averages almost 24. But and... he also, he also from three, he was only two for five. And normally, like you mentioned in the preview, he he's shooting a, he's shooting more three pointers. He's attempting more three pointers. Yeah. He's making more. He couldn't get it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we forced them into 14 turnovers. This is a team that usually does not turn the ball over that, uh, that has really good ball handlers. And, and we were just hounding, especially in the second half. We absolutely hounded them. Look, they got 39 points in the first half, which is, you know, we mentioned they're a team that scores 80 plus. That's right on their average. They only got 29 points in that second half. And they're shooting. They shot lights out in the first half. Their shooting wasn't nearly as good in the second. Duke turned up the defensive pressure. And to me, it started. Look, Jalen Blakes was his usual great self, but it also started with Jeremy Roach on Tyler Thomas. Yeah, I, I liked the defense that we had, especially on the perimeter. There was a point, Jason, where Jalen Blakes was playing the four. Uh, my best friend pointed that out to me. It was yeah. We're playing. And, we're and, playing four four little guards around little Kyle guards Kowalski. and flip. By the way, yeah. When they were doing that, uh, there was a play where Roach and tried to flip with, tried to switch with flip, and they left a the guy wide open for a dunk. I was like, hey guys, we got to work on that communications a little bit. <laughs> I oh, forget the communication. He probably he looked up and was like, that guy's taller than me. Uh, because everyone on the floor is taller than me at this point. So I'm gonna just let him go. Uh, and, and that happens, right? You get those those miscues. But I think what they did was they settled down as the first half went on and, and realized that, hey, Hofstra was making some circus shots. So like even in, in the first half, I didn't think the defense was that bad. It was that Hofstra was just making, it felt like everything. Anything that they were shooting, they had a couple like fall away three pointers that were the guy like landed on the ground as he was shooting it and it still went in. You, you you basically just tip your hat to him and say, hey, good play, and you keep going. But these guys stayed within themselves. And again, once they started to pull away in the second half, they never looked back. Yeah. So uh look, we're we're gonna try and we're trying to do this a little bit faster, get it out tonight, and we'll have more in-depth stuff tomorrow. But if we're still going ahead and doing the good, um, and there's a little bit more that I wanna wanna hit on here, you gotta talk about uh Duke's just overall shooting on this game. We were eleven of twenty-two from three. 12 of 14 from the from the free throw line, 85, almost 86% on our free throws. Uh, in the rebounds, I mean, crushed them 32 to 23. Hofstra only had two offensive rebounds. In the preview, I talked about the fact that Hofstra's not a team that gets a lot of offensive rebounds. They, they really did not get any offensive rebounds. Only two offensive rebounds is a startlingly low offensive rebound rate. I would have liked to have seen Duke get a few more offense. We only got... We only had eight offensive rebounds. We only offensive rebounded 27% of our shots. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen that a little bit better. But but uh, for Duke to dominate on the boards, for Duke to shoot this well, was just uh, you know a, a great sign for this team. And hat tip to Jared McCain, who I thought was the guy who, look, he was fighting on the boards like we've seen him do a lot. And, you know, he pulled down four, four rebounds and, you know, was draining those three-pointers. When they left him open, he was making them pay, and he was still able to get in the lane a little bit and take those short runners, those short jumpers that I think are a very effective part of his game. I thought McCain was outstanding as well, uh, 13 points on the game. Yeah, I do too. And and one guy I want to shout out, I know in the in the bad we'll talk about like three-point shooting, uh, like his three-point shooting, but Mark Mitchell, I thought, 
in every other facet of the game, I thought he played very well tonight. And again, when we talk about the confidence that he may not have on his three point shooting, he has all the bit of confidence in getting down to the, you know, within three feet and laying in or, or even dunking it. There was one play where he came down with the, with the offensive rebound. And instead of laying it in, because the first time down the floor, he tried to lay it in, he laid it in and he just couldn't get it over the guy. But the next time he came down, he just went straight up and dunked it. Like it was, if you blinked, you would have missed him in the air. That's how quickly he got up to the rim. And I turned and I said, that is what we want from Mark Mitchell. We don't need him to shoot three pointers and make them. We don't need him to shoot, you know, five foot bunnies uh, inside the paint or, or try to lay it in high off the glass of someone. I want to take it straight to the rack. And if he's underneath the basket, go straight up with it. Because the worst case scenario, nine times out of 10, I'm trusting Mark Mitchell to dunk it on somebody. If someone wants to go up with him, they can do so at their peril because he he's strong enough to force it in or at least get the foul call. And he did that a couple of times. But there was even one time where he got the ball on the rebound, casually dribbled down the floor, saw an opening, and just went ahead and went straight to the basket and laid it in. And and everyone kind of saw like kind of the, the, the Red Sea part. And... I, I like when Mark Mitchell does that. He doesn't need to give me any type of confidence builder by trying to shoot threes and making them. I want him to go to the rack. I want him to be, you know, down in that two foot, five foot range. And I want him to be strong because when he is, there's very few people in America that can match him. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get us to break here because you're talking about Mark Mitchell. And unfortunately, uh, my my sort of response to what you were just saying is there's something about Mark Mitchell I need to talk about in the bad. And it's not necessarily what you were alluding to with the three-point shot. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the bad. It's going to start with Mark Mitchell. I'm sorry, Mark. I love you, baby. It was a great game. But we're going to have that right after this. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many, leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down and for some getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about that's what better help is all about it's entirely online and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient flexible and suited to your schedule you just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime you want so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. Hey. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We are back from the break, and like I said, like I teased, I got something about Mark Mitchell's game that that is bugging me, and that is he is really, I mean, he is really struggling to score, like, underneath the basket. When he mm-hmm. dunks it, great. When he When he's, you know, taking a layup, you know, on the run, he's got that down. But, man, on these drives, on these offensive rebounds, if he can't get up to dunk it, he is like there are a couple times he missed the rim completely, like backboard, but no rim. And it, you know, on a game where everybody, and I mean everybody on Duke shot well, by the way, everyone who attempted a shot for Duke shot better than 50% from the field, except for Mark Mitchell, who was just five of 16. Ouch. Mark was five of 16 in this game. And look, you can chalk up some of it to missing those three pointers because he was 0 for three on three pointers. By the way, one of those. I swear he was building a new building. That was such a, it was a massive brick. I don't think it ever got above the rim and it, it caused harm to the rim when it hit it that hard, but for him to be just be five, he was five of 13 on two point field goals. And I swear, I haven't looked at the shot chart yet, but I think every single one of them was taken within like three feet of the basket. You gotta be better than five of 13 when you're that close, Mark. I think the, there's a couple that he had that are like 10 foot, you know, 10 foot range. And it was whatever the defense was giving him. He had, I think he had one where it was kind of from the side and it rimmed out. But I think the issue with Mark Mitchell is that in the effort to try and gain confidence with his shooting, he's shooting too many shots, right? He shouldn't be taking, you said he was five for 16. He shouldn't be taking 16 shots. Kyle Filipowski took 16 shots. Jeremy Roach took 11 shots. Mark Mitchell took 16 shots. Everyone else was eight or fewer. Like he needs to be in that efficient eight or fewer range where, yeah, if you're going five for eight, of course, it's much better than five for 16. But also when you, when you start shooting and you miss shoot or shoot to try and get out of that. And in his mindset is to get that confidence back. He wants to shoot more. And that's not what we need him in the offense. I think the, the offense didn't give him 
or at least the defense didn't show him enough room to do 16 shots. I think that's where I, you know, me and you were kind of on the same page of, I'd like to see him take fewer shots, but be, but be, be more efficient with them, especially down the lane. And again, going for dunks, lay lands, things like that, or things where he can go to the free throw line where he was a lot better tonight than he has been uh, recently. So I don't know what it is. It must be a, a, just a confidence block in him um, that's making him try to shoot his way out of it. But that's not necessarily the his game. And for, for one, and for two, I think even the threes that he's taking, I I don't mind the threes that are being taken. They just he's not making at all. Like I, I, what has he made one or two all year? And again, that's not going to be his game. He needs to focus on getting to the spots where he knows he has a higher percentage of victory. Yeah, you ready for the number, man? Mark mm-hmm. Mitchell on the season, one of 17. One go. Yeah. for 17 from three. That's a that's 0.59%, Donald. Woo! That's, I, again, that's, that's like... 6% from three-point range. And he took, he's shooting 6%. He took three three-pointers in this game. That is confidence. That's confidence, but I'm not sure it's... It's just right. well, thing. I don't mind. Shot. Like I said, I don't mind the confidence. I, I just, I think that's just not his game, his game. Like I, if, if I'm sitting here, look, I'm a guy who, uh, my best friend of a joke, like I used to hit threes from 40 feet. I used to be like 55% from 30 feet or further. I used to nail them, but layups, I just couldn't do. So you know what I did? I kept my butt out of the paint. I stayed on the three point line and I kept shooting threes because that was my game. So I I'm hoping for him to try and again, take these 10, you know, these eight days to try and find the spots on the floor where he knows that the percentage of shot of, of, of him making is going to be in the 50 to 60% range, as opposed to the five to 6% range. Yeah. Hey, as we continue with the bad, uh, I, I have to, to cite our bench and Jalen Blake's had another really, really nice game. You know, Jalen Blake's knows his spots. He knows, you know, just two for two only took two shots. He's playing hard defense out there the whole time. He's, you know, putting in work, as you mentioned, playing defense against guys who are bigger than him when Duke goes to that four-guard lineup. But the rest of the bench, non-existent. Uh, TJ Power actually got in the game pretty early, but but didn't do anything and then didn't come back in until very, very late in the contest. Basically didn't play while it was a competitive game in the second In the second half, Duke only played six guys, you know. Sean Stewart, Sean Stewart came in very late. Spencer Hubbard came in very late. TJ Power came in very late. Ryan, Ryan Young, Young only plays two minutes in this game. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what happened in this contest was because Hofstra, we talked about the fact Hofstra's not a big team, not tall and not particularly wide. And by the way, that's something that Kyle Phillips, the fact that they are not physically strong is something that Kyle Filipowski took advantage of all day long. He was just going through those guys like they weren't even mm-hmm. there. This poor that, that poor guy who was 215 pounds trying to guard Kyle Filipowski. He did not have fun <laughs> guarding Kyle. But I think that as a result of us playing a team that was smaller, guys like Young, guys like Sean Stewart, even to some extent guys like TJ Power, they just weren't necessary. And Duke, I, look, I think Duke would, if, if Duke can play small, they'd prefer to play small. Like Duke's best players, honestly, other than Kyle Filipowski, and maybe Mark Mitchell are all smaller guys. So that's kind of where the teams that's where the team skews. So we played an opponent that would allow us to play small. We did play small, but we in the interest of fairness, we need to mention that the bench provided very, very little in this contest. Four points from Jalen Blakes, two points from TJ Power. That's it. 
not many rebounds, not much of anything other than like Sean Stewart picked up a couple fouls. That's why he didn't have a two trillion. Yeah, you know what? And it's funny you mentioned the fouls. We only had 11 fouls as a team. Um, so there wasn't any foul trouble. Uh, like you mentioned, Sean Stewart had two of them. So it was really from the people who played for most of the game. There was only nine fouls between the six or seven guys that played the bulk of the minutes. And so it's that wasn't I mean, that's not something where you're going to see guys uh, really, you know, rotate around and things like that. I will mention I, I think you have to mention the bad just because of the number. But I, I I'm going to hedge a little bit. Uh, we had 10 turnovers and Caleb Foster had three and flip had seven. Now, that's a big number. Now here's the thing. There was a couple of flip turnovers that were bad, right? There was the one to start the second half where he threw it into the Cameron crazies. And, and to be fair, the Cameron crazies are the sixth man. So he was just passing to their, to his teammate. Um, but look, it was, it was clear that he and McCain had a miscommunication, had a miscommunication and immediately, immediately, you know, Jeremy Kane came over and was like, Hey, next, next one. We're good. It didn't feel like. By the way, by the way, really quick, I also think a couple of his turnovers were passes that he made to Mark Mitchell, where Mitchell didn't catch them, and I was like, mm-hmm. I think that may have been on Mark more than it wasn't. But flip, it's te- if the pass didn't get caught, it's on the guy who threw the pass. It's on the guy the who passed the rules it. Yes. Work. But like the- I saw him throw one of them that, that Mitchell missed, and his flip turned up the- and came running up the court. I swear, I read his lips saying, "Catch the effing ball." Yeah. And I think again, like you said, remain cool with himself. Yeah, he he had a couple of times where he was like, you know, you know, probably said something to himself or just you know out of frustration. But he stayed within himself. Again, I didn't think that he had that many turnovers because I didn't think his play was that bad. It wasn't sloppy play, like you said. It was probably passes that weren't caught. There was the one errant pass um, to start the second half, and there was one where he got the ball taken from him early, early in the game, and he in at that point he was like. Nah, I'm just going to go through these guys. That way they can't take the ball from me. So the number needs to come down, but I'm not necessarily worried about Cal Filipowski having seven turnovers tonight. Hey, so my last thing I have in the bad, and, and then you tell me if you want to wrap or if we got anything else to, to mention. Uh, I, I thought Duke, especially in the first half, did a very, very poor job of identifying where Darlin Stone Dunbar was because my man was raining, just raining threes down on the Blue Devils. And look, I know he's not the guy that he is their second leading scorer. And he's a guy who shoots a fair number of three pointers, but he's not the guy that you're like, Oh, we need to focus our defensive efforts on him. You know, we were, we were focused on Tyler Thomas and we did an excellent job on Tyler Thomas, but you can't, when a guy's once, once he hit like three of those, maybe, maybe adjust your defense just a little tiny bit so that you're not leaving him open to hit the fourth, the fifth, the sixth and the seventh. My man was seven of 11 from three point range. That's a lot of three, but seven is a lot of three pointers. And he kept them not just close. They Hofstra had the lead throughout a fair percentage of that first half. Uh, and it largely was on the back of the outstanding shooting of Darlin Stone Dunbar. And, you know, again, if we're, if we're in the bad, I need my blue devils to recognize when a guy is sizzling and try and cool him off a little bit. He and I think what was frustrating about him in particular was that it felt like every time we made a good play or we ended up having a three or an and one or something like that, he would answer every single time it felt like in the first half. Uh, there was a point I think he was matching or did he match at halftime? He matched uh flip 17 points that he had, and it just felt like every time flip came down, it's like oh, flip made a good play, we're about to turn this corner and about to you know go go pedal to the metal, 
come down and hit some circus shot and you're like, man, like somebody stop him. Then he hit a couple that were open. And I think that's when John Shire called the timeout and we're like, let's go. Uh, but that's all I had on the bad. But Jason, real quick before we wrap, this is the only game this week. So we got to do player of the week. No, no. So, so here's my plan, man. What we're going to do is because we're going to come back tomorrow and talk more about this game, we're going to do player of the game and player of the week tomorrow. We're saving okay. that. Gonna okay. So, you know, Give him so, a little something. Give him a little something. Give him a little something. Something for tomorrow. The other thing we're gonna have tomorrow. By the way, I want to. I'm. I'm teasing. This is me teasing, my friend. I'm gonna talk about Fran Fraschilla because I got Fran. some comments about what Fran Fraschilla was like in this game. Look, we're all we're all out there. We're all looking for the great color commentator. I'm just gonna tell you right now. I thought Fran Fraschilla was outstanding in this game. We're gonna talk about that tomorrow as well. Yeah. Uh, also, for for everyone out there, I'm gonna be able to take a look at Jason's notes. So he can't copy off of me this time, but like he normally does. So I'm going to look at him, and I, I think for player of the week, we're going to have the same thing. Those notes are going to be very, very short. But I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. I'm looking forward to, again, recapping all this. I know tomorrow we're going to be talking a little bit of football because I know Riley Leonard today announced that he was going to Notre Dame. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Yep. So that's going to do it for the latest edition of the Duke Basketball Roundup. Donald, thank you for joining me. Have a safe flight tomorrow. From D.C. down to Atlanta, the two of us will be here tomorrow afternoon on the same microphone. It's going to be magic. We're going to be spitting on each other. <laughs> Casa de Evans. I get to see it. Yeah, Casa de Evans. Until then, Donald, Jason, and this, this is the Duke Band. Plan us out, taking us home to victory. <laughs> <laughs>